Hey, Nadine. Hi, this is Nadine. <laughs> and it's Rachel. We are here um, doing our thing, having our conversations, and hanging out. I um, subscribe to this little, like, note thing that happens every other day or whatever. You set the cadence. And anyways, sometimes with, with Bible verses, this happens for me, you know, when you, like, you just find a verse and you're like hits you exactly where you're at in your life in that moment. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. So so here's what we're laughing about. We're trying so hard to not giggle or to not say yeah, yeah, because the last couple of recordings, I was like, yeah, tell me more. Yeah, yeah. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I say yeah so much. So we're both trying to fix that. And so we're like kind of a little nervous this time because we hurt ourselves and we're like, oh, and okay. hate everything. And I realized, we're just, you know, a little critical yes, of ourselves, which is not surprising. And then I realized I said the word like as if it were um, like the only word I know how to say. <laughs> so, and I didn't even notice that she said that. So again, it just shows like how we do that. Like I just said it now. Like, totally. So what I realize is you <laughs> ladies aren't judging us. You're not there to judge us. We're just here coming together to help one another. And that's what we're here to do. So the topic for today is... The supposed to's. Yes. That's the topic for today. And so, something hit you on mine. Yeah. So I got this message in my inbox and I opened it and it said, no more supposed to's. Okay, Rachel, you are not supposed to work harder, look better, sleep less, sell more, run faster, talk slower. Be happier, stay longer, leave earlier, cook, clean, negotiate, settle, start, stop, move, try, win, shake, rattle, or roll. Other people made all that up. I love you just the way you are. I heard that or I read that and it really hit me because this is something that I struggle with where if I'm at work, it's I'm not doing what I need to be doing enough of. And then when I get home, I'm not doing enough of what I'm supposed to be doing at home. And then as soon as kind of goes back to when we were talking about with the time and how we use our time and how, you know, maybe making space the priority would make the most sense. But it goes back to that for me too, because it's like, I'm not enough in all these areas. And so I don't build that space because I feel like I'm supposed to be filling it some other way. And so I read that message and it was just a really good reminder. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And it's funny because when I was talking to Rachel on the way here and I said, what do we want to talk about and record about? She said, not enough. And I was like, I was just doing work on this exact same concept. And, you know, one of the things that I was kind of working through earlier today is where this belief of I am not enough stems from. And I think for me, it goes back to my childhood. I can go back to this memory. I, I was probably seven years old and I was sitting doing, I think I was doing homework or something. And my dad was sitting next to me trying to help me, but I couldn't figure it out. Whatever I was working on, I don't remember the details, but I, I remember not knowing the answer, like not being able to figure it out and him kind of being frustrated with me. And I think somewhere along the lines, I made this decision that I'm not enough, or I told myself, oh, I'm not enough. And I think I spent a lot of my childhood striving and thriving, trying to be enough for my dad, trying to have him notice, oh, I am good enough at this or at sports or at school, or I do have good enough grades. Look, daddy, am I enough now? You know, am I, do I look pretty enough now? How about now? Do I? And it's like this little girl in me that's like, am I enough, daddy? Am I enough, daddy? And it's so funny because I think it went into even my adult life, like in business of, you know, striving and thriving to be enough. It's like this constant hustle to be enough, be enough, be enough for who, for what? And, you know, it's funny because if I were to ask my dad right now, like, daddy, am I enough? I think my dad would look at me and say, you are, 
you are the apple of my eye. Like you are more than enough. You're just perfect just the way you are. But somewhere I made up that lie and then and then continued to believe it and revolved my whole life around proving that I'm enough. You based know, on a lie. Based on this Which, I'm not enough concept. Yeah. Right? And it's crazy. I um I don't know where mine stems from. I could probably point back to moments in, in my childhood. But that you said something earlier that really struck me where you said, What are we're hustling for nothing? There's this verse and it's James four fourteen. And it says, this is the um, NLT version, New Living Translation. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. And so to me, that just kind of tied it all in where it's like we're hustling for all this stuff. You know, we need, we're like trying to plan and build for this future when we have no – it's almost like laughing or saying to God, well, I've got all this. If I'm, if I'm busy doing all these things, then I must be achieving something why? Like, what are we actually supposed to be doing what we're doing for? And I just feel like my supposed to's don't align to that. And so for me, it was a really good reminder. We don't know what our life is like tomorrow. Our life isn't promised to us, but God's promises are. And so for me, yes, I'm going to continue hustling, (laughs) but I think it's a really good reminder to just like chill and be like, I don't have to be going, going, going. And I don't even know if it's called a hustling. So there's this shift that happens, right? When we know we're enough, when we operate from this space of like abundance versus scarcity, right? This space of like, I'm not enough, so I must prove, I must hustle, I must this versus, oh, no, 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 I know I'm enough. So now I offer my life as a thank offering. So it's kind of like this, this, I thank God that he made me the way that he made me and he's gifted me the way he's gifted me and that I am enough just as I am because of him, that I now take my life and I offer it up as a thank offering and I use it to bless others. And I use it in this abundant way versus in this scarcity minded, trying to earn and prove and hustle and thrive and strive. I love that I can throw out my ideas and be like, this is what I'm thinking. And you have this gift of being able to like make it make sense. Yeah. So what is the practical application? Like, what do we do with it as women? Right? So, so it's this, like, we have this internal subconscious dialogue going on in us that's going, you're not enough. You can't do this. You're not good enough at this. Oh, you're definitely not as good as this person. And you're not really not enough at that. Right? Yeah. So how do we shift that? How do we change it? How do we step into the abundance versus that scarcity Well, I think for one, it's just straight up awareness, like being aware if you're in that mode and then taking the conscious steps to check yourself. So from a scarcity mentality perspective, I think it's just straight up being like when I'm in the negative, when I'm thinking I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or, or I think someone is out to beat me or whatever. And I, and I want to get into scarcity on another, on another podcast alone, but, um, just being aware of like, I'm in the negative. I am, I am thinking and feeling pressure that doesn't actually exist. And so just like taking the moment to be aware of it. And then the second thing I would say from a practical application is just taking that opportunity to be mindful and present in where you're at in that moment. So for me, this is just the most direct example that I can give. So if I'm laying in my bed with my two girls on top of me and I'm sitting there thinking, I have 15 things to do right now. I need them to stop needing me. Instead of going that route, I've been trying to say thank you God for this moment with these two little girls because in 10 years this is probably not going to be my scenario and so just being very grateful like this morning they both woke up at six screaming 
And that's like my time to be alone in the morning and like set my day. And so at first I was a little bit like, ah, and then I went, you know, my first meeting's not until 8.30. So if I want to go get them and lay in my bed and just let them lay in the bed with me, you know what I mean? That to me was a really, really good centering moment where I crossed those supposed to's off my list and just was, my supposed to is to be right here, you know? So So those are my two. Because we put so many supposed to's on us and then we put it on Yes. Others. Yes. As well. Yes. Uh, so that that was really good and insightful and very helpful. And I, it made me think, like, what are some of the things, what are some of the practical applications that I do? Uh, and I would agree with awareness is a big deal. And I think the gratitude that you just said is such a powerful way for us to shift anything. Mm. I mean, gratitude literally can shift us out of, like, pity and, and, and shift us to joy just, just by the power of gratitude. And I always, I'm always like, how do I find the gratitude in this? How can I be a good finder? I literally almost imagine like I'm putting on a different shades of sunglasses and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to see them through my little rosy glasses. Like, where's the good here? I'm going to be a good finder. And it's almost like playing detective to be a good finder. So I think what you said about that gratitude is such a, it's such a simple tool, but it really is such a powerful tool. Uh, The other thing that I do that really, really helps me shift out of this not enough is I make an outgoing call to a healthy friend and I'm vulnerable with them. Because what what I tend to do is I I let this negative self-talk fester in my mind and then it kind of like grows weeds and it like, it takes over. So what I've learned is when I can call a girlfriend and say, can I vent to you for 30 seconds? I just, I need to unload because it's all in my head. I'm feeling really insecure because this happened and then that happened. And it made me feel like I'm not enough. It made me feel like, why is this happening to blah, 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 blah. They listen, number one. And then I unload. And then they usually say something like, I can relate. I understand. I've felt that before. Here's the truth. And it shifts me out. Like, I can't tell you how often that happens to me. So I try to daily make an outgoing call to people who I know are uplifting who I can kind of like unleash on. And I, I have like five or six people, so I don't like bombard one human being with my life because <laughs> that's yeah. a lot to handle. Uh, because, you know, it's kind of weedy up in my head. It's like, well, that's like healthy because if you don't, if you only have one person that you're doing that to, then they're going to ultimately feel drained from you. And that can actually hurt your relationship. That's a whole other. Yeah. And they can actually become an idol as well when I can put all of that on one human being. And so it's really healthy for me to have a community of support. And it really, I just started praying about it. Like, God, who can I reach out to who can support me and uplift me in this? Who's not going to judge me? Who's not going to try to give me advice? Who's not going to. And then I was able to identify my five to six people. And those have shifted in different seasons. Uh, So that's one. I would also say the other thing I really try to pay attention to is what I say after I am. Like a lot of times it's like, I am tired or I am annoyed or I'm so frustrated or I'm so blah, blah, blah. And so I really try to like, like what I speak over myself is so powerful. You know, like there's so much power in our words. And so it's like, I am whole. I am enough. I am complete as I am. I am the daughter of the almighty king. I try to repeat that a lot. And I even get in the habit of like, when I look in the mirror, I try to remind myself, like I am the daughter of the almighty king. I am enough just as I am. I am complete. I am whole. I don't have to do anything to be enough, you know? So I think the I am statements are a powerful one. Prayer really helps me a lot. Like sometimes when I'm like feeling like stuck, 
I sometimes just have to get on my knees and go, God, I need help. I'm struggling and I can't get out of this. Please, I'm begging you to help me. Like, just help me. Yeah, I think so, that's, yeah, I, I think that's I really that. good because, um, you know, for me, it was, well, one is like, for me, I was like awareness and then I'm like getting present with the moment and then gratitude. But then you took it like another layer because for me, I have this tendency to hold it all. I've got it. I can control it. And I don't need to put it out into the world basically, or even to the support system, to the community, because there's that layer of vulnerability that I'm still working through. But I think that that's, that's interesting the way that you added to all those pieces. And I don't mean it in any way that's not healthy, but I, I don't, I mean like self-soothe or like talk yourself into whatever mind shift you need to be into, but to be able to know who those people are that you can call, I think is really, really big. Rachel, that's so, I, I love that you, you just spur me, you spur me on this self-soothing thing. I did that for years. I self-soothed with work. I self-soothed with alcohol. I self-soothed with drugs. I self, I mean, it, and, and none of it worked, you know? So it's like, I actually need to just walk through the pain and not try to numb it with anything possible because the numbing doesn't fix it. It just keeps it suppressed. And then it, eventually it explodes, you know, and I think that's probably why so many of us struggle with anxiety and depression and, it, all, all, you know, whatever it is that we struggle with. Uh, I think it's the self-soothing versus the asking for help. It's the getting on our knees. It's reaching out to people. It's being vulnerable. It's shifting to gratitude. It's, it, girl, we have to be so intentional to be emotionally and mentally healthy. Like, it, re- it really, it's like this intentional, consistent, it, it takes work. It doesn't just happen. But it's such healthy work and it's so worth it, you know, and it affects everybody. It affects our kids and it affects our husbands and it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. I think for me too, though, with um, with the um, the idea of, a, of asking for help or like that community aspect is still so foreign and challenging for me. I mean, and I have friends, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's, it's kind of funny when you're like, when you have to say that, but it's true. It's just, I have, I, that's really where I struggle is where, because to me, I always thought vulnerability meant um, I'm going to overshare, meaning you can know everything about my life. Cool. Who cares? Like, well, I don't care. I'm an open book. But what I've found over the last few months is that's not actually vulnerability. And so um, I think that's really interesting. So when it goes back to this whole, like, you know, my supposed to's and I'm not enough and all of that, I think that also has that layer of why sometimes we don't even ask for the help that we need is because I'm over here thinking, well, I'm supposed to figure it out. I've already got it figured out. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of just goes back to that whole mentality that I'm personally trying to shift. And even saying this out loud is making me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Just calling it out there. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> like, it's so hard. It's so hard to be vulnerable. Uh-huh. It's so hard to truly share the yuckies, you know, because you look at social media and you look at all these other people and you think they have it all perfect. But I will tell you, in the work that I've been doing the last couple of years with women, there is not one woman out there. There is not one family out there that really has it together. Not one. And honestly, the people who look like they have it the most together are the ones that are hurting the most. That's That has been very consistent across the board. Like the people that you just assume, oh, they have the perfect family and the perfect life. Those are actually the people that are really, that have a lot going on. Um, we, we all have a lot going on. There is nobody... You know, and when we can step out and ask for help and she, I feel like I'm not enough. I feel scared or I feel insecure or I feel this, then it doesn't have to keep us stuck, you mm-hmm. know? So this is great. So basically we want to, want to leave you with this feeling of 
you're not supposed to do anything but listen to this podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> but um, you really aren't. There's nothing that you're supposed to do that should inhibit you from being able to be truly who you are in your gifting, in your everything. I don't know. Just like in your authentic life. There is no – all these supposed tos are typically other people's expectations that they're putting on us or expectations that we believe are supposed to be ours that we're putting on us, on us versus getting really authentic with what we need and what and how we can offer our life as a thank offering and, and walking in that versus, oh, I'm supposed to do that and I have to do this and I have to do that. Because typically, here's what I believe, the supposed tos are typically the things I probably shouldn't be doing. <laughs> like those are the things that I actually need to cut out because I'm actually doing them for the wrong reason. It's the get tos that I want to be doing. The, it's the get tos versus have tos or supposed tos. So I really challenge you ladies to, to be good finders, to, to shift to gratitude, to make outgoing calls and be vulnerable with each other. Identify your couple people. Maybe it's just two people that you reach out to. I challenge you to use that I am statement in a powerful way, speaking life over yourself, speaking truth over yourself. And I challenge you to uh, listen to more of our podcasts <laughs> because we love being with you and we love growing with you. Yes. And in that, we will end this with gratitude for the opportunity to talk to each other and with you. 